Welcome to More Than Movies. I'm Ivana. And I'm Jay. Today we tackle B-movies and learn about some troublesome tech. We also pitch some thrillers and chat about the teen drama 13 Reasons Why. It's time for Categorize. A couple weeks ago, we took on the A movies. I'm not talking about grading movies. I'm talking movies that start with the letter A. We are continuing our alphabet and going to the letter B. All right, Jay, what are your five movies that you brought to the table today? All right, so these are the best B movies that I could muster up. Uh, They are my absolute favorite of everything that I could find under the letter B today. Starting with Back to the Future. You know, this movie is iconic for every reason. I can never watch it without watching the sequels. You know, it's like the Lord of the Rings. You don't stop after the first one. You keep going. But Back to the Future really is the best part of all three of them. You know, I actually, I think at least the first time I remembered watching it was only a couple years ago. Really? Yeah, and I really like this movie, but like... I didn't have any nostalgia with it, so it didn't quite make my list. But I do like the movie. Solid choice. I just, I love it. I think Marty is one of those great characters, and it's uh, such an awkward premise. What if you ran into your parents and when they were And what if your, your mom age? is hitting on you? What if your mom was hitting on you when you'd hit that? Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Super weird. Um, next up, a Rodney Dangerfield classic. I don't know why I love this movie so much. It's Rodney, back to school. Rodney Dangerfield. Rodney Dangerfield. Back to school. Back to school. You know, me and my buddies, we love this movie. We watch it all the time. Um, we, there's a line in the movie that we always say. We say, every seven minutes, bring us another picture until someone passes out. Then one every 10. Nostalgia. Nostalgia. For, it's nostalgia. It's nostalgia, but I love it. Uh, so back to school is on my... My, in my top five. Okay, I like it. Disney's Beauty and the Beast hey, had to be there. Hey, it's on mine too. Had to be there. Yeah, it's it had to be there. It's such a great movie. And I'm talking the animated story. Definitely. Okay, just you know, double checking here. It's darker. The music is better. I mean, I, I didn't see the new one because Yet. I won't see it in theaters. Okay, I'll wait. wait. Yeah. Then I won't go into too much detail, but what they accomplished with Beauty and the Beast in 1991, there's a reason it was nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I got to say, for me, this movie was like a feminist totem that guided me through my childhood. She was awkward. She stood out. She read books and she didn't like, she didn't care if people didn't like it. She liked her own interests and stood behind them. She wanted something different out of life. She didn't care what people wanted from her. She went after her own dreams. She voiced her own opinions. She was an individual in a sea of kind of just people living their lives. And and Not there's anything wrong with that, but she was different. She was different. And for me, I guess my whole life I felt kind of different, especially as a kid. And so I love this movie. To me, it's something that every young girl should watch because it gives you the courage to stand on your own two feet. It also teaches you to get to know your suitors. And before you fall in love, get to know their personality. Let that be your guiding light. It does. She knows from the very beginning she is not getting with Gaston. Next on my list is Bull Durham. <gasps> Kevin Costner. I forgot about Tim it, but you Robbins, know what? It's on my list. Susan Sarandon. I'm kicking something out for this because I love Bull Durham. Every baseball season. I'm telling you, every single one. We just had the home opener for the Jays here. 
this week or next, I will be watching Bull Durham. It is the perfect baseball movie. It's my favorite sports movie. I'm sorry, Rocky. And it's just incredible. I love Bull, I love Bull Durham I so much. I love Bull Durham as well. It is honestly like, I. it's my favorite sports movie too. I freaking love it. <laughs> Maybe it even rivals Rudy. Whoa. Whoa. Does Blake listen to this podcast? Actually, he does. He's going to be angry. Sitting at his desk. <laughs> You're going to get some angry texts. I am. Blake. Send one angry text for me, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then the last on my list is another one that I've seen so many times, uh, Braveheart with Mel Gibson directing 1995. I love Braveheart. I've never met a dude that didn't like Braveheart. And Uh, you know what? I don't get it. I don't get it. Somebody attacked his wife. He going to kill everybody in that village. And I love that he does. I mean, like, I'm not saying that Braveheart is a bad movie. It's a good movie. I just, I, yeah, I don't really get why people love it so much. So Braveheart, I love Braveheart. The battles are crazy. The, you know, the way they betray William Wallace. I just love this movie. I, you know, I think if Mel Gibson is remembered for anything, I dear God, I hope it's Braveheart. I think it is going to be Braveheart. I hope so. I love it so much. So those are the five top uh, B movies for me. What is on your list? So the ones that are remaining are Black Swan. So good. Such a good movie. And like, I was shocked when you figured out that, like, can I spoil it? Like, can I? I think you could spoil this one. Just, just so you know, we might spoil some stuff in this podcast. When you figure out that Mila Kunis is Natalie Portman, you're like, what? I didn't see that coming. Blows I did not see it coming. It- what blows me away is her transformation into the black swan totally. at the end. It's so gross. It's 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 gross. It's but her dance. Oh, the dance. I mean everything is everything, so good. My I've I saw it uh I saw it one night. I think I went alone. Then the very next night I went with Chris, our good friend of the podcast, and one of our voice actors. One of our voice actors, and I will say this right now, out the gate, we both got Punched in the gut, like we felt like we could not breathe in totally. her final dance. Totally, it is an achievement that Darren Aronofsky like received in that. So, good call having that on your list. Yeah, uh, another one here for me is Big Hero Six. It actually almost got on my list. You know what? It's such a good movie. You can't disagree that this is a good movie. I cry so much when I watch it. Blake. Ivana and I went, the three of us, to see this movie. In movie theaters. you know, it was almost as fun watching her cry through the entire damn film. Oh, yeah, like the second. As it was watching the actual movie. I thought it was a Pixar movie because of how much I cried. No, just Disney, straight. But like- Disney. Well, and Marvel. Yeah, Marvel. The entire movie, the whole way through, you had these waves of grief that would wash over you because in the movie- our main character, he loses his brother in a tragic accident. Uh, but instead, he gains his brother's creation, this lovely, lighthearted health robot thing that looks like so the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. He's so cute. And and all the funny moments and then these like grief moments will wash over you, which is why I cried all the way through because... I just, I felt it. I felt every moment of it. And he's just a big marshmallow. If you have a kid or like if I had a kid that I was mentoring, let's say, 
and they dealt with loss of maybe like a loved one, I would show them this movie because I think that's what this movie is good for. Letting go. Mm-hmm. Next. And Batman. Ooh, 1989 ori- version? Yeah, the Michael Keaton original with- um, Jack uh, Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. As the Joker. Yeah, and Kim Basinger. I really, I love this movie. I love the Tim Burton Batmans. I mean, as you know, we've talked about this before, and I know I'm in a minority here. I prefer those to the Nolan universe of Batman. I know, you're out on a limb a little bit. I'm out on a limb. But for me, these Tim Burton Batman, they look like cartoons or like they look like comics. They feel like comics. The characters are amazing. Um, I really like what they did with the characters. I think that Michael Keaton's my favorite Batman of them all. I, no one's going to fault you. That movie's incredible. Jack Nicholson is so good. It's so dark. It's so dark. And, you know, Batman's dark. The Joker is psychotic psychotic you know he's not as calculated as ledger's joker yeah i I mean don't get me wrong i think ledger's joker is the joker to end all jokers yep when ledger was going to take on that role everyone was saying who could possibly do a better job than nicholson and ledger did it nicholson really set the bar high and even though he's not the best joker to me, this is the best Batman movie. You got any more on your list? I think you got one more. Nope, because uh, Bull Durham and Beauty and the Beast. Wow. Okay. So if you missed our A movies, we are going to now pick our very favorite. Our two. Two favorites. Yes. Right? I will pick a favorite of mine and you will pick your favorite. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could pick the same one if you want and we'll just have one. But, um, but I think I'm going with Back to the Future. You know, you're right about... Some of it's got to be nostalgia, but looking at it, not even as a trilogy, it is a fantastic film. And I think Zemeckis hit gold with it. Uh, You know, Doc Brown doesn't get enough uh, love. We all hear about Marty, but Doc Brown, oh. I love Doc Brown. Everybody does. These are characters who have stood the test of time. And, you know, as much as it hurts me not to say say Batman or, or even Bull Durham, like I... I just love the shit out of Back to the Future. So I'm a little torn. Maybe you can help me. Okay, I will try. My two finalists, I think, are Beauty and the Beast and Bull Durham. Two of mine. Two that were on my list. Yeah, yeah. Okay. um... Like, I, you know what? I love Batman, but really at the end of the day, I don't know if it cuts it as like the best B-movie of all time. Um, And same with everything else on my list. Like, I really love them, but... I routinely come back to Beauty and the Beast and Bull Durham. And so which one? I mean, I'm leaning towards Beauty and the Beast because I've seen it more. Right. And I like the themes in it, I think, a little more. But Bull Durham was also really revolutionary. Like Bull Durham's very heady. It is very heady. There's a lot of philosophy and religion and guys and women and sex. But is it dated? Like, is it dated? Does it fit? Is it a classic? You know I what? I think it's a classic. I'm going. But I think Beauty and the Beast is timeless. I think that's the thing. I think Beauty and the Beast maybe clinches it on this one. Okay. All right. That is. Those are two incredible B movies. You know what? I I just can't wait to do C. I can't wait. You're never gonna guess what I did a couple Sundays ago. Mm, you like, played. Like no way you'll guess. Yeah. Guess. So go ahead. Okay, I'm going to guess. Um, you play Dungeons and Dragons? It's like you looked at the show log 
that we've been looking at and you just said, I'm going to read this. It's or, not that you can't read it. I just thought you'd play along with my guessing game. Or it's like we had a conversation about it before you did it and after. Because we talk. All right. But but you know what? You listening, you didn't know. You never would have guessed that. In a million years, Jay, who would have guessed that I played? You're such a geek. You would totally play Dungeons and but Dragons. But I'd never done it before. Yeah, I've never done it either. And I really want to do it. Tell us all about okay, it. Okay. So let me tell you. It was great. There's no rules. What do you mean there's no rules? So you start and somebody, th- there's a guy and he tells you everything that's going to happen in the game really from a story perspective. You four people are going to be uh, heroes to this neighboring village because they need you to go and do a mission for them. And you're all lowly people with no jobs. So you're going to go do that mission. You arrive at the town where you need to start with your mission. What do you do? And I looked around. I'm like, the fuck does he mean? What? Like, who rolls? You're in this town now. What do you want to do? Oh, you can just say whatever. So, Ivana, what do you want to do? Well, I want to go into the town bar and see what's up. Get some gossip. Okay. The town bar is called the Scuttle Wagon. And you have caught the eye of a gentleman at the end of the bar who thinks you're quite dashing. What? Like, so the the de- like the dungeon master makes up these, like, next stories? It's like a choose-your-own-adventure. It is a choose-your-own-adventure. That you improv. The whole game is improvised. For example, one of my colleagues got kicked out of, the bu- uh, kicked out of a wagon shop for trying to steal money from the man. But he is a halfling, so he's, like, hobbit-sized. So the man really just picked him up and threw him. And I said, because we really needed a wagon and we didn't know how we were going to get it if we didn't steal it or steal money to get paid for it. So I said, I bet you think you're a pretty strong guy. He goes, yes, I do. Working with tools all day. Yes, I do. Me, knowing that my halfling has strength as a, as a, like a prowess, I bet you can't, uh, arm wrestle my friend here if you win if you beat my friend in this arm wrestle i'll buy you a gallon of whatever that thing is you're drinking if we lose you let us borrow your wagon for a week two days i think we can get ourselves accomplished in two days you bring it back okay sure all right so he goes to arm wrestle this guy basically that's where the dice come in you roll the dice to see if you are successful in anything that you Choose to do. His strength overtook the other guy's strength. We got a wagon. Awesome. But that's how we, like, it just popped in my head. Like, I'm going to swindle this guy with, like, a chance roll. We could have lost. But you can do anything you want. That is so much fun. Okay, so how do then the characters get assigned? Do you just choose what character you are? You get to build your character from scratch. Just like what you feel like being? Anything you feel like being. That's so cool. So if you want to so be, be an, like elf, an elf, you can be <laughs> an elf. How did you know that I'd want to be an because elf? Because you're already an elf. You're, you're my friend, the elf. Oh, I want to so be an elf. if you want to be an elf. I want pointy ears. If you want to be a pointy-eared elf who uses a bow and arrow. Yeah, I would totally want a bow and arrow. And but maybe, also like a good sword. And maybe you'll definitely have a sword. And maybe you want to do a little spell from time to time. Yeah, I want magic. You can do that. You just have to put it into your character's bio. 
So I am a human druid who basically like lived off the land. What's a druid? Uh, he's kind of like nature is his religion. Oh, cool. Yes. And I can do spells, but I also can fight with my sword and my staff. I specifically wanted a big ass stick. And yeah, I, I get to fight with that. And it's awesome. And you can like name name it anything you want in the world. And I, I'm Lancer Brightwood. Amazing. Oh my gosh, D&D sounds like so much fun. Okay, honestly, it's like way more fun. And uh, the the guys you will game with, they are nice people. They will not judge you when you say, what is a D4? And really, that just means it's a dice with four sides. Because oh. that was said a lot. And I was like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. But it's just a regular it's, old It's a four-sided four dice. Or D6 is six-sided dice. Which or is, D20 I guess, D6 is, is the normal one because that's a cube. Yep. And there's the D20, which is a 20-sided dice. What does a D4 look like? Uh, it looks like a triangle. Oh, that makes so much sense. Totally. It's got a bottom and then three sides. Right. Yep. It's a lot of fun. Never played anything like it. The Trouble with Tech. This is a new segment for us. We all know that sometimes tech can get a little bit troublesome. It can be a little bit of a pain. So we're going to attempt to be your IT people, and we're going to talk about some issues and as well provide some solutions. This all started when all of a sudden, out of nowhere. Literally out of nowhere. Ivana got like three texts from me when I'd only sent one. Yeah, so they would start coming in, sometimes duplicates, sometimes triplicates. Uh, and then what was weird was that because we had this big conversation on text about Get Out because I'd already seen it. Jay saw it. I was waiting for him to get out to be like, what'd you think? What'd you think? What'd you think? And yet we couldn't really have a proper conversation because like the times at which Jay's messages would come to my phone were different than the times that I was sending messages to him. So like we were having completely separate conversations about different things. And plus I was dealing with triplicates and duplicates and trying to see like, is Jay like really repeating this or is this just no, coming in it, later? All of a sudden it started happening with Becky's phone too. When that's where we kind of were like, what the? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So I got in touch with my provider and asked them if they, if something was going on. It turned out, yes, something was up. So if you're So Ivana Toronto, went into troubleshooting mode. Yeah, so I did a whole bunch of research online, and there's a bunch of different options. So here's the thing. If you're having issues with text messages, especially if you're sending, like, multiples out, or if you're receiving multiples in, it can be a number of different things. Um, option one is that it could be with your provider. So in this scenario... It was totally my provider. They're working on it. They hope to fix it. The solution in the meantime is we're going to just use Facebook Messenger for a bit? Yeah, that's it. Perfect. Unfortunately, if it's your provider, you're kind of SOL. There's nothing you can do about it. However, there are phones that sometimes have this issue that is related to like software updates and just bugs in the code. So Who would have thought, eh? Like an update happens and all of a sudden it screws completely with your SMS. Exactly. So like the Samsung Galaxy was having this problem for a while. Um, there were reported times where like iPhone users would have this issue. Uh, and essentially, here's the thing. When you receive multiple messages 
uh, it's probably the receiver's fault. So what happens is when Jay sends me an SMS message, because he's Android, I'm iPhone, so there's no messenger here. Yeah. Um, so I say, yo, get it was the best. And then I get that three times in a row. Yo, what's up? Get it was the best. Yo, what's up? Get it was the best. Yo, what's up? Get it was the best. Exactly. It's because my phone didn't send like a handshake or a, an acknowledgement of receipt to his phone. Okay. So is there something you can do to like kind of quell that? Okay. So in the iPhone world, uh, basically they suggested there's a few things that we could do. And I actually, I did them and I haven't been receiving duplicates anymore because we did text back and forth a few times to test. So you go into settings uh, then you can search for notifications. Uh, you can choose messages. And then over there, there's an option that says repeat alerts. Make sure that that setting is set to never. The default is once, which means if you didn't have that handshake with the other phone, you might get a repeat once. So I set it to never, so I should never receive your duplicates regardless of what your provider is screwing with. That is solid. And I'm sure that you have the same options in an Android. I did not double check. However, I did discover the handshake issue on an Android forum for the Samsung Galaxy. Uh, and unfortunately for them, they did suggest that uh, it was related to an update. So in that instance. So you always want to make sure that your cell phone is always up to date. And if the update has made your SMS go a little bit wonky, see if there is a workaround. But they will probably send another update very quickly to fix that problem as, as quickly as they can anyways. So, okay, here's my question to you and to all you listeners. Uh, we had this issue with texting. We've decided to switch over to Facebook Messenger because we already have it installed. But there was a discussion of should we get an SMS app replacement? Right. So I did replace my SMS app from the standard Google messages to Textra. And? And we saw the same problem. So with my phone, it's definitely, that's when we knew. It was definitely. It's probably the provider. Also the fact that Becky's also on the same provider. Becky's on and the same phone and the same, same plan. Is like, she is basically on my plan. Yeah. So uh, I'm happy to report at this moment. Becky is not sending duplicates to me from inside the Book of Mormon. However, I'm upset that she's sending texts during a musical. It's probably an intermission. I, yeah, you know what? Yeah. 923. I love this. OMG, it's so good. <laughs> so Becky endorses the Book of Mormon, everybody. Pitch a flick. Brand new action movie Free Fire is now out in theaters. I cannot wait to watch it. So this one got our creative juices flowing and thinking a little more about Brie Larson and how she was in Kong Skull Island and I she's mean, just taken off. Her career has exploded since Room. So we thought, what if we stuck her into another genre? Yeah, a thriller. Well, of course, because our minds are already on the thriller point. Last week we did 90s thrillers. Uh, we've been talking about them a lot lately for some reason. I don't know what's wrong with us. What if we did a Brie Larson-driven thriller movie and the rest we have to make up and now we pitch it to each other and then, of course, we choose the best elements from each of us to build a new story. So I started with our categorized. Why don't you start us off with your pitch Love for it. a Brie Larson thriller? So 
obviously the genre is thriller. It is directed by Darren Aronofsky. Which that is some dark shit. Yep. And we know that he does a good thriller because of Black Swan. Uh, our plot, amidst a secret affair with her boss, the CTO of a giant tech firm, a genius developer discovers that he's been sending personal user information to a government organization as she hunts to uncover which government, why, and who he is. She starts to suspect that he's testing her, and she may pay with her life if she fails. Oh my gosh, it's like a political thriller. Yep. We've got Brie Larson as our socially awkward but really likable developer, a genius. And she's the one making out with this guy? She is having an affair with her boss. Okay. Uh, Donald Glover is her best friend. He's more of a loudmouth developer in the office. Totally. Sam Rockwell plays the CTO. He's a former coder, but and he's... At the beginning, very unintimidating. He doesn't speak too much, but when he does, people listen. But he's super physically fit and crazy disciplined. I mean, this man does martial arts. He works out like a fiend. Like, as we get to know him, he goes from really meek and mild to maybe really deadly. Uh, Then we've got Priyanka Chopra, who is in Quantico. Um, Oh, I love her. I love her. And she plays a rival developer who works really closely on the secret project with Sam, the CTO. Uh, And then we have, oh gosh, I'm going to butcher the name, Chiwetel Ejiofor? Yeah, yeah, I know. From Doctor Strange. Right. Or 12 Years a Slave or that kind of stuff. He's awesome. He's such a good actor. And he is the co-founder and CEO of the company. So he's got a smaller part. But these are all the players that Brie Larson is like... Are they involved? Is this a big giant conspiracy? Am I going to die? And the movie's name? Code. It's a pretty good one. I I want to hear yours too because you have good ones. So my thriller is directed by, don't hate me internet because I actually think this would work, Joel Schumacher because Joel Schumacher in the 90s did A Time to Kill. He did Phone Booth. Uh, Don't think about the Batman movies. Think about his thrillers and smaller films phantom of the opera i mean he's done a lot well phantom of the opera but he's done a lot of smaller thriller movies that i really enjoy and i want him to take a stab especially because he apologized for batman and robin he needs another chance okay i mean he did eight millimeter i really liked eight millimeter as well oh the client the client's brilliant that's what I'm saying. He's he's really good at like doing these small thriller movies. So my plot is a smart and accomplished Brie Larson plays Tara. However, behind closed doors, her husband hurts her. This is a domestic disturbance film with domestic abuse. And she has to learn to fight back and she ends up killing her husband. The film shot in back and forth is has her on trial and the story is told in flashbacks of her times over the marriage when he would beat her and how she planned to escape. Her first attempt ended up with her in the hospital. Her second attempt ended with him dead. However, there's a problem. The cops believe it was premeditated so that's what's going on in the now that so keeps that's us... what's going on in the now that keeps us grounded so we got brie larson as tara the wife john krasinski is the husband 
Wow. Jim from the office. I like it. Because he'll look he's unassuming, but when so kind in public to everyone. But behind closed doors, we are terrified. And he's a really good actor, so I think he could pull it off. I just want to see that. Uh, Samantha Clancy is the prosecutor prosecutor against Tara, and she is played by Frances McDermott. Ah. So a little bit older woman. Uh, then I have a defense attorney, Harriet Lucrate. I like all the women. Assigned by the state to take Tara's case. She is played by Elizabeth Shue, and she is a little beaten down and like, oh, I'm, you know, I, I'm just, I, I just kind of need a break. And then she has the best friend neighbor who always liked her, but doesn't know if she can trust her now. Uh, played by Candace Patton, who is Iris on The Flash. Nice. Title: Winner Takes All. Interesting. Okay. So how would we mash these two together? Oh, well, I really, really liked your uh, your pick of your Quantico babe. Okay, yeah. I think she's awesome. Maybe she could play the the neighbor instead of Candace if we went with. Yeah, let's pick a plot. Which plot do we want to go with? I I like your plot a lot. What if we went with my plot, your actors, your director? I think John Krasinski could play the shit out of that Sam Rockwell. I totally agree. And I'd like to see him scary. Yeah, I'd like to see him scary too. Okay, so let's take my plot, your actors, um, and I say let's do Joel Schumacher. I think okay. he could actually really I do too do that story well. I mean, I don't I don't want him to always be known as the guy who screwed up Batman. Yeah. Um, okay, I like it. So we've got I say we the only thing I would say is what if we kept Donald Glover? Because I don't think you have a a best friend character. I don't. I don't. Um, and then what if Donald Glover was the wife of Candace Patton? Does that work? It probably the doesn't wife work. Of that probably doesn't Patton. work because we're using my actors, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So well, I was thinking that Candace, like, instead the CEO of the company could be um. Your defense attorney. Okay. Francis. McDormand. Yes, thank you. Uh, and then. Elizabeth Shue. And then we can keep Priyanka, but I'm okay to put Iris as the rival developer. That could be kind of fun. Yeah, that would be fun. It, it will be fun to see her in a role that isn't. Makes her defiant. Less, Yeah, less vanilla. Yeah, I'm down with that. Um, And then. The Sam Rockwell, obviously, Krasinski, he's going to be really great at that. Uh, and then Brie. And then the only question is, do we keep Donald Glover as the best friend or do we swap him out? We can keep him. I like Donald Glover a lot. Yeah, I think he, and he does a good genius. He brings a lot a to the table. The Marshall. Martian. Martian, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. I think we've got it. What title? Let's keep your title because it's your plot. That may, yeah, winner takes, winner takes all. all would not work at all. No, that's fair. But you know what? It, I did consider it. <laughs> <laughs> this is Top Drawer TV. Last week, we talked about Legion. This week, we are talking about 13 Reasons Why. We binged the crap out of this. We went through it so quickly Yeah. that I was texting 
a bajillion times over to Ivana. She was texting back to me. We got in arguments over this thing. I was like, is it guilty pleasure? Then I got to the end and I thought, no, you know what? This is just good. And right from the beginning, I was like, I don't know if it's if it gets the this is just good category, but I got right away from the show that it was trying to be good. It was not trying to be a guilty pleasure. So I, I it really by the end of it, it really is trying to it is good. It delivers it's trying on to deliver its, something serious. It yeah. tries to deliver on something real. It shows you some things that you did not want to or ask for to see, and you see them. This television show, let's just say that I would not want to show it to a 12-year-old. I don't think I'd want to show this to a 14-year-old. But I was just going to say, I would absolutely show it to a 14-year-old. Wow. Someone who is in grade 9, uh, I think it just you know, it shows you a little bit about what how dark the world can be. And if you're in grade 9... You probably already know how dark the world is so in grade 9. So you might as well see it. You might as well see it and, and learn from it. And I would feel very squirmish showing my 14-year-old this movie. TV, TV show. show. <laughs> Everything feels like a movie. I Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, but it's... Yeah. So, spoilers, because we're going to talk about the whole season. I think you kind of have to. We're going to spoil some things and, and you're going to want to step away. I would I would recommend that too. But I will let you know that Ivana and I are going to next week watch a movie. It's a movie we've never seen before. And it's on both of our I really want to see this list. Both. Uh, yes. Yes. It's on our Why Haven't I Seen It list. Yeah, that's the that's list. The, the list. How the hell am I this old and I haven't seen this movie list? So it's Kathy Bates's Misery. It's not Kathy Bates. It's Stephen King's Misery. But, but Kathy, Kathy Bates, Bates is, is the it. movie, apparently. Yeah. So we are going to be watching Misery. So if you have not seen it, you got a week. Uh, and thank you for tuning in. <laughs> <laughs> but now we're going to spoil the shit out of 13 Reasons Why. Okay. So first, I just want to say this is so minus all, all the death and probably lessen the rape uh my total my high school experience okay see this is a not really my high school experience you know i was a couple years older i'm sure that like on the paper there was like lists that people wrote about nice ass gonna do this we had a website we called it the yearbook and put that stuff in the yearbook it wasn't as mean but it was like gonna join the army jay kennedy we had a website where like people were ranked for like hot hotness levels. See, I think that is awful. They uh like there was ugly people, there was That like, is terrible. Like it was just like this list in this TV show. Um in the TV show one of the bad things is they come out with this list written on paper of like you know, the best ass, the worst ass, uh the hottest face, the like Butterface. I can't believe that that happened in your school. Like for me, that's awful. Yeah. And I mean, that level, like that level of stuff happened constantly. I mean, there was a girl that people called horse face. There was like, there was a lot of that very like subtle, like I wouldn't call it bullying maybe myself, but like it is kind of bullying. Seeing as I lost both my best friends from high school. Not in high school. I lost one of them in high school and then one of them after high school. From suicide? No, no, no. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. No. 
I have totally missed, like, just as friends, we no longer are. Oh, you no longer keep in contact. I don't keep in contact with Not very many keep people. in contact. Had a falling out. Oh, okay. Like, massive falling out. Like, the way that Hannah and Jessica have a falling out, I had a falling out with my high school best friend. Mm. Totally all about jealousy and, like, stupidness. But, yeah, we had a big falling out. Like, I didn't like the way he treated me. I didn't like the way he treated people. I told him. He's had some things to say, some choice words for me. I lost all of my friends. Like, Mm -hmm. I identify at points in this with Hannah. Me too. Like... At one point, I went away in high school uh, on a vacation and to Serbia. And, and when I got back, uh, there was like an anti-Ivana campaign where people literally called me the devil. Uh, and like everyone, I guess, had spent the summer saying how awful I was. What? Um, yeah. And then I came back and then everyone was just nice to me. And for months... I didn't even know any of this had gone down. Oh. And then someone told me about it, my very best friend Nikki, uh, and like it was her ability to tell me the truth of what had happened and how people had betrayed me. So this felt so much like that. The whole like, Definitely. going behind the scenes, the in crowd, the like this weird place of like when you're in that mean popular region like the whole mean girl thing it just felt very real uh also this this show didn't have like cliques like you know like the standard cliques no not really there was everybody kind of talked to anybody they wanted to talk to right but there was still that element of you're popular you're not popular and that's how my school was there wasn't like these designations how a lot of high school movies make it sound like here's your jock table here's your this table which is what i had right I, I didn't have that. So I really, I thought the meanness was similar to my high school. Um, and the fact that there wasn't definable cliques in that way, similar to my high school. Right. We had like, because it was very multicultural, we had the geeks table, like the real geeks, the computer geeks. Like we had that table. And then we had my nerd table, which was the guys who were into fantasy stuff and movies and comics. Comics. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Then we had the popular jocks and the popular girls they had separate table until grade 10 when they just like emerged the table right then we have uh the goths the the black kids had their own table oh that was like they were racially segregated totally racially segregated in the early times asians had their own table huh um and if i and that's probably it you were all among those kind of cliques. You know, I should mention, how do you say that word? I always say clique because I like the sound of it, but I'm pretty sure you're correct with clique. I don't know. I think it could go either way. I, I just don't I like used it. to say clique, and now I say clique, and I'm like, I don't know when that changed. I, I think that's the correct way to say it. I'm refusing because I just, it sounds so much less... <laughs> sophisticated i don't know but sophisticated clique it sounds french and sophisticated and elite and that and isn't that the point that's that's the point point of your 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 clique but that doesn't matter let's do a quick broad overview of the season so hannah has killed herself right from the get-go but she's left behind these tapes literally like cassette tapes, tapes like you know like 90s style that's right she made mixtapes of her voice left them behind, and each side of a tape is one reason why she killed herself. So, obviously, there's 13 reasons. There's 13 episodes. There's 13 sides. And Clay 
starts to listen to these tapes. And he's like one of the last people to get the it's tapes. It's like reason number 10. No, he's 11. 11, you're right. Because he skips 12 and he goes straight to 13. Basically, we un- unveil her life and unravel her life in kind of a whodunit, even though we know what happened. We know she's dead, but we're wondering why. Why? why? And that's always, I mean, even at a, on a whodunit level. Yep. A whodunit is always asking the question, why? Like, we want to know who, but without a good why, it doesn't matter who. So we're introduced almost episode by episode to new people. Yeah, and and the show uh, is sort of co-led by Hannah and by Clay as the two leads. And Clay received the tapes after he's the 11th person, so everyone who's a reason why got the tapes and they listened to them. That's right. But Clay has anxiety, so he doesn't he, he cannot listen to them all in one go. Most of the kids, they listen to every tape in one night. He needs to pace himself. Um, and he actually really starts to go into her brain because he was in love with her. You find out in his tape, when we get to his tape, it's actually extremely emotional. The reason why he's a reason why she died is... Because he left her and, alone. And, and not in a way... She doesn't blame him for it. She's not like... He just did what she said. And she was very convincing. I yes. mean, it's not like he was just, she was like, leave. And he was like, okay. Well, let's let's explain some of the people, some of the players. So Jessica. They were BFFs and then they had a falling out and Jessica's falling popular. Out. Yeah, Jessica got popular. We have Alex, who is also in the little BFF triangle. And he wrote the thing about her having a nice ass, which painted a tar- target on her for the rest of school. Right. And- he is also popular, but not from being a jock. He's a popular. Be- he's popular because he's like the rocker kid. We've got a stalker, Tyler. Yeah, Tyler is like he's the he's photographer the, geek. He's the nerdy like AV type geek. Yeah, he's he takes photographs for yearbook, but he's like super into photographs, and he takes a lot. And he also is in love with Hannah, and actually literally stalks her outside of her bedroom. And he caught a photo of her with. Courtney, another reason, who is actually gay, and they had a couple drinks and started making out. But Courtney is in the closet because she has two gay dads and feels this pressure to be normal and straight. Right. So Tyler snapped a photo of her and Hannah kissing, put it all around school, and Courtney said some horrible shit about Hannah uh, to throw the blame away from her. Then we got Zach. Zach is the tall Asian dude on the basketball team who is the quote-unquote nice guy. As far as I'm concerned, nice guys are people who sometimes are not nice. They, they're not the friendly guy, people. They're the nice guy. They're the guy who has too much to prove, who has too much on... Um, they have expectations makes, for makes their expectations. They have... Too much at stake when there's nothing going on. This guy kept removing all of Hannah's notes that she was getting. He also, like, gets kind of passive-aggressively angry at her for not returning his feelings that he has. ridiculous. What about Justin? Justin. We skipped Justin altogether. Justin took an upshot of Hannah while she was going down a slide and then gave it to his 
best friend Bryce to post all over school. And Justin was her first kiss. And Jessica ends up with Justin. Yes. Uh, Justin is also the worst, worst boyfriend ever. Justin is, okay, so as a character, like as an archetype, he's like the popular guy in school that the girls want. And he's not like a bad person, but he's a weak person and he makes a lot of really stupid, shitty choices. He's, uh happens to be poor, uh, but because he's talented at sports and good looking and that kind of stuff, he's gotten in with the popular kids. But he's there with like that asterisk because usually the poor kids don't get to be popular. Sherry is this girl who's super nice, but makes the worst decision she can possibly make. She is driving and... Uh, there's a text going on. They're just looking through their phone for a second and runs, and driving. runs over a stop sign and then says, I'm leaving. And what ends up happening is somebody runs that stop sign not seeing it. And they didn't report it. It wasn't there. She never reported it. That person dies in an accident because yes. maybe that accident could have happened because that person was drunk, but it also could have happened because... There was no stop sign. Exactly. And we'll and never know. And that person is one of Clay's best friends. It, and in fact, only kind of friend. his counselor. Well, I don't know about only friends. I guess Hannah's his friend. Hannah's his friend. Yep. Um, but he's his kind of, like, he's also a popular guy. He's older. Um, and he just, for whatever reason, likes Clay. Clay helps to tutor him. Yeah. And he's like, you tutor me in school, I tutor you in girls. Yeah. And he seems like a nice guy. Uh, and he dies based on Sherry's decision to leave without reporting uh, this stop sign. And uh, then, of course, there's the counselor, Mr. Porter. Yep. So there's a reason that Mr. Porter's on this list. He's the last person on the list because she went to see him after she watched Bryce rape her friend Jessica. And then she herself is raped by Bryce. And at that point, there is no one else. There is no one else that she, nothing else she wants to do. She does not want to live. And she says, you know what? I'm going to give this one last chance. I'm going to go talk to somebody. Yeah, maybe this grown-up can help. And she goes to talk to the counselor, and the counselor basically says, you know, you just got to get over it. Well, I don't know that... He didn't do it on purpose, and he didn't say it in a vindictive way. And he didn't really say even... Did he say get over it or, like, move on or, like... Move past it, because she, she won't... Didn't, she won't... She won't press Go charges. to the police or go... So he is trying to give her kind of a hard lesson, like, if you're not going to do that, there's nothing else I can do. Right. Like, I think the reality of that situation, it's, I can sort of see it watching it, it play out. I already kind of didn't like him because the entire movie or television show, geez, we just keep doing this. Uh, he feels like he's covering up. Like, so you don't get this information about him. The fact that she went to him till the very last episode. It's right. It's right before she kills herself. And yet the whole thing from episode one and onwards, I always felt like he was covering something that he did something really wrong Well, because he did the everybody says like there's no way you knew there's no way you knew she came to him yes he knew yeah like maybe he didn't know that she was suicidal no and he had other shit going on his phones were going off his wife was calling the baby blah 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 there's too much going on he couldn't do his job properly yeah 
Um, and he, he couldn't recommend anybody else to do it, which is what he should have done. You know what? Okay. So we got to start the healing. Like if you, if you, if you can't fight this, then we got to go and find somebody else yeah. and you, we got to work on the you. The just move on is not is really not an a option. thing because when someone is lost in that place, if you've just been raped, it's not like, oh, I can just move on. And I can get that he seems to like, he's not in it. He's not empathizing. Um, Yeah. The answer is never just get move on. No. It's not, it's, and and if she doesn't want to press charges, that's up to her. Yep. I mean, I would, if I was in his position, I would try to, to, you know, really make her think about why that might be a good idea. Yep. Um, but respect her decision regardless. And regardless, if something like that happens to you, you got to see a counselor. Totally. Moving on is not ideal. Although I will say this, a lot of females do that. Like a lot of females who are in these situations, they find themselves feeling like they cannot speak out and they're feeling like they don't have someone, a mental health professional who can help work through the this pain that they're experiencing. Um, and, and instead they do just that. And I don't know how healthy that is. It's sad. It's sad that many women find themselves doing that. You know, I can't even imagine. You know, I, I talk to friends of mine all the time and, you know, I hear their horror stories sometimes and I, I just can't imagine how, what it would be like to be a teenage girl, to be in that situation, and everyone lets you down. I completely agree. You know? I think the worst part of that scene, he asks all those, like, typical questions, like, did you say no? Did you do this? Did you do that? And you know what? Maybe if you're taking something to court, those questions will come up from a prosecutor so I can understand why they're asked prior to the trial. Right. But when someone is confessing something like that to you, I feel like not the time or place. No, no, it's not. And it's not. You're a counselor. You're there to help her. That's it. Just help her. Like, it's just that simple. So I don't think this movie... uh... I don't think this TV series works without the cast that they have. I think the cast is excellent. I think Clay, I've said it before, and I will say it again. Dylan Minnette, keep an eye on this kid. This is, um, this is like the fourth thing I've seen him in. And every time I say to myself, God, this kid has something. What else has he been in? Alexander in the Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. He was in Goosebumps. In fact... Watching Goosebumps alone, I said to myself, this kid is awesome. He is holding up the film because Jack Black sure as fuck isn't, but he is. He's the most interesting character on screen, and man, he's got a lot of charisma. And- he really does. Watching him feel tormented over Hannah's experience, it was so beautiful. And, and actually, it's, And it's actually... You know, you would think at points you'd be like, Clay, fuck off. Like, you were getting... He doesn't. No, I... I The whole time I'm like, this is so romantic. The level that you feel for this girl. That's all she wanted. And the worst part is that she never knew that you were always feeling that way for her. I think that's the, that's the tragedy. Yeah. Is watching this guy who, like, in some ways 
feels like he could have prevented her from from killing herself. And maybe he could have. But at the same time, I mean, I think if you're going to kill yourself, I don't know if that's no one else can save you from that. You would have found a way to. And I think that's why she pushes him away. Yep. I don't think that it's his fault that he walked away. She pushes him away because she's in such a bad depression. Well, that's why she says all the things she says. She says, you know, you two broke my spirit. You two broke my soul. You know. These are these are the reasons, right? Like she she goes down the list. I can't I can't it can't all come back to me right now, but she goes down the list of every reason um and what it how it affected her. And you watch as it affects her as well. You know, there's there's a lot of like what about the kid? I can't remember his name, but the gay kid at the poetry who published one of her poems. Oh, he was the worst. Oh, I can't believe it. Like, and he that took poem... one of her poems anonymously and like published it in a magazine that every kid read. Yep. We had so those bullshit. in my school. So bullshit. Anyway, it's my number one show of 2017 so far. It's my number two, Below Legion. Well, there you go. So obviously we cannot say more glowing things about this. So if you haven't seen it, sorry, we just like totally killed it for you. But you know what? It doesn't even matter. So you know the spoiler, although, man, getting it, like experiencing it and not knowing that that was where it was going exactly was great. Yeah. Uh, I just, it was a really fun story. I really enjoyed watching it. I think it took me maybe like five or six days and only because I was really busy. I, because you would have just kept going. Yeah. For sure. I, I kept going. I couldn't stop. You did it in what, two days? I did it in five. Five. So yeah. we were the same. Yeah. You know, some work days in there. That's our show. Thank you so much for listening, and please be sure to tune in again next week. If you'd like to help us support the show, we'd really appreciate that. All you have to do is hop on iTunes, any podcast service you use, and give us a quick rating and review. This helps us grow the show. Our intro song comes to us from bensound.com, and we encourage you to check out our show notes for more information about our music, our talented actors, and sound effects. Ivana and I love hearing from you, so you can reach out on our website, morethemovies.net. Or you can email us at hello at morethemovies.net. Or on Facebook, More the Movies Podcast. Or catch us on Twitter. I'm at It's Ivana. And I'm at Jester J. Thanks a lot for spending time with us again. We'll be back again next Monday with an all-new episode. And until next time, friends. Do more. And watch more. <laughs>